Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Scary Stories for the Soul. I'm Isabel Cortez, your lovely host for this evening. Happy Friday the 13th, guys. Happy Friday the 13th. I love a good Friday the 13th. Not only do you get either free or discount tattoos, but you also get to sit back and relax and watch the Friday the 13th horror movie series, uh, which, if we're going to be honest, is not my favorite, but it's definitely still a good horror movie franchise. So if you happen to be in a mood today and you just want to soak up the good Friday the 13th vibes, sit back, relax, pop in those movies. It's a really good 1980s horror movie fest. (laughs) It's got all of the death and cheese that you're looking for. So once again, happy Friday the 13th. Let's talk about haunted and or possessed dolls. Now, pop culture is inundated with haunted and possessed doll movies. You have the Chucky series, which started off with 1988's Child's Play, and then you have the Conjuring series, which brought Annabelle the Possessed Doll into everybody's living rooms in 2013. Now, dolls, as cute and as friendly as they may seem, are essentially empty vessels. Sorry. They are empty shells that can easily become the homes for malevolent or benevolent spirits. Not all the spirits have to be bad. And I definitely don't want to turn anybody off from buying dolls or getting your kids dolls, but what you're looking at is a shell. So, I mean, I guess keep that in mind. Annabelle is actually based off of a real-life Raggedy Ann doll that is contained in the Occult Museum of Ed and Lorraine Warren in Monroe, Connecticut. But believe it or not, Annabelle isn't the most famous haunted doll in the United States. No, that title goes to Robert the Doll, a 111-year-old doll that is currently on display at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. For a time, it was also on display at the Zach Bagan Occult Museum in Las Vegas, but I believe that it is currently residing in Key West. In the early 1900s, a young boy named Robert Eugene Otto was gifted a doll by his grandmother. There are multiple different stories about how Robert got the doll. My research shows that his grandmother gave it to him, But you do have other articles that show that his grandfather gave it to him and a lesser known article that says that one of the servants actually made Robert the doll for him. But from what I have seen, his grandmother bought him the doll while she was on vacation in Germany and she actually bought it from the same company that made the teddy bear. So for all intents and purposes, this doll did not start off as a malevolent force. Now. Robert was so taken with the doll that he named it after himself. Robert and the doll quickly became best friends, and that friendship eventually took a turn for the worse. Strange things started happening around the house. Small footsteps and giggles were heard throughout the night. Uh, Servants would catch glimpses of a small shadow scurrying off into the darkness of the attic where the doll was often kept. And Robert's mother would oftentimes hear Robert speaking to the doll. Now, this wouldn't have been a problem except for the fact that she would also hear a small child's voice reply back to her son. And then things eventually went from creepy 
to violence. Tables would be found overturned. Chairs would be thrown across rooms. Um, Knives and forks would eventually go flying through the air, aimed at servants and at guests. And each time, Robert would blame Robert the doll. It got so bad that guests stopped visiting the home and Robert's mother, who was a very prominent socialite, was forced to lock the doll away in the attic completely for fear that it would eventually tarnish the family's reputation. Now, Robert eventually grew up. He became a famous painter. He moved to Paris. He married a beautiful woman named Annette. And he would have completely forgotten about the doll if his mother had not passed away. Because with her passing, Robert was forced to move back home to Key West, and he and his wife were also forced to move back into his childhood home to take care of the estate. There, it did not take long for Robert to rekindle his toxic friendship with this doll, and the strange occurrences immediately started to happen again, and this time they were aimed at Robert's wife, Annette. Now, Annette reportedly hated the doll. She would oftentimes wake up in the middle of the night and find Robert staring at her. Robert the doll staring at her. There were nights where she would wake up and find him holding either a knife or a hammer. And Robert became such a blight on her relationship with her husband that they eventually started to drift apart. Because Robert, the adult, refused to leave the doll's side. Annette oftentimes would express her frustrations with the doll. She would express her fear for not only her own life, but for the life of her husband. She believed that Robert the doll was siphoning the soul out of Robert to the point where Robert was becoming more detached, more hostile, and eventually he would grow to become violent with her. But like I said... Robert refused to leave his doll's side. They would eat their meals together. They would sleep in the same room together. And Annette would oftentimes catch Robert speaking to his doll. And she would watch as Robert waited to hear the doll's response. When Robert eventually died, he left everything. His entire fortune, the house, everything, to Robert the doll. He cut Annette out completely. Now this woman had gone through heartache and violence and frustration and fear only for her husband to stab her in the heart one last time by leaving everything to the doll. When Annette finally died, she refused to be buried with her husband and the estate went to the city of Key West. Robert the Doll was donated to the Fort East Martello Museum as an antique. And the basis behind this decision was so that people would be able to see what dolls and toys looked like back in the early 1900s. But people who interacted with the doll in the museum had their own strange occurrences happen. It is believed that you are not allowed to take pictures of Robert the Doll without asking for his permission first. The people who work at the museum and the people who are in charge of Robert the Doll are very, very adamant that you are not allowed to take pictures. You are not allowed to do anything around Robert the Doll or concerning Robert the Doll without his permission first. His display is 
plastered with apology letters from people who were mean or maybe disrespectful to him and they are begging for forgiveness because their homes have burned down or a loved one has died or they've just had terrible luck ever since their time with him. So you can visit Robert the Doll in Florida now, just don't forget to be nice. And this is just one legend of a haunted doll. There are multiple, multiple legends throughout not just the United States, but throughout the country and throughout the world. Uh, According to modern Japanese folklore, in 1918, a teenager named Ichiko purchased a large doll from a city of Hokkaido for his younger sister, Okiko. He then gave her the doll. When Okiko died, her family came to believe that her spirit was inhabiting the doll and that the hair of the doll would grow. The nails of the doll would grow and sometimes the doll would even blink or smile at them. Now they were so scared of this occurrence that they donated the doll. So the doll currently, according to legend, resides in the Meniji Temple in Hokkaido, where it is claimed that a priest regularly trims Okiko's still growing hair. And then of course there is the Island of the Dead Dolls, which is located in the channels of Zoshimilco, which is south of the center of Mexico City. Now, dolls of various styles and colors are found throughout this island, which, by the way, also happens to have six of the deadliest species of spider. So if the dolls aren't enough to take you away, the spiders are definitely enough to keep you away. Originally, these dolls were placed there by the former owner of the island, a man named Don Julian Santana Barrera. Julian believed that dolls helped to chase away the spirit of a girl who drowned there years ago. Julian actually found her floating in the riverbed holding one of these dolls, and Julian was so scared that this girl's spirit would come back to haunt him that he plucked the doll from the water and he placed it on the island in the hopes that her spirit would not come back as a malevolent being. Julian actually died in 2001 of a heart attack, and sources say that he was found in the same spot where the girl drowned. Visitors to the island swear that they see the dolls that are on the island turn their heads. They watch people walk down the island. People have also reportedly heard dolls crying. They have heard dolls giggling and laughing. And others have also reportedly heard dolls talking and they say any sort of thing. They will ask for help. They will ask for mothers or fathers. And some of them will even beckon visitors to come closer. Nobody knows who or what is inhabiting the dolls that are on this island. People just know to stay away. And I guess that's all we can really do when it comes to dolls in this situation. Everybody wants to say that they'll just throw away the doll. They'll burn it. They'll run it over with their car. But if movies have taught us anything, it's that you're not really doing anything to save yourself by getting rid of the vessel. You're just getting rid of the thing that contained the spirit to begin with. So think to yourself, would you rather have a doll? 
who is possessed by a spirit or would you rather have a spirit just free floating around the house because you got rid of the doll that it was living in? I mean, I guess it's a bit of a catch-22, but I mean, I would personally take the doll over a free-roaming spirit any day. Now, the story you're about to hear makes you wonder. You can outgrow your dolls, but what if your dolls never outgrow you? Daniel stared at the porcelain doll until his eyes began to water. He didn't want to blink. If he blinked, it would move and he would miss it again. He just knew it. The doll sat in a wooden rocking chair small enough to fit a toddler. It wore a suit, the same kind that Daniel had worn on his fifth birthday. His mother had actually paid a tailor to replicate the suit so that he and the doll would be matching for the party. Now the suit was faded and moth-eaten, and there were rust-colored stains on the cuff of its sleeves that did made Daniel uncomfortable. The doll also had mismatched eyes. One was cerulean blue, like his own, and the other was black, the porcelain around it a different shade of white as well. He recollected the day he stuck his finger through the eye. He had been alone in his room with the doll sitting in its rocking chair, and he said, Blink! I know you can. Blink, or I'll stick my finger through your eye, and I know you'll be able to feel it. The doll had just stared at him, and Daniel had made good on his promise and stuck his finger through its eye. The next morning, Daniel woke up, and his eye was swollen shut. A purple and blue bruise spread from his brow bone to his cheekbone. His mother rushed him to the hospital, and they determined that the bones in his eye socket were broken. When he got back home, he went straight to his room and found the doll in his closet, a ball-peen hammer at its side. Daniel rubbed his left eye reflexively. It had been more than 20 years since he had seen the doll. He wouldn't be here with it now if his mother hadn't died under such mysterious circumstances. How does someone lock themselves in their own attic and end up dying of starvation and dehydration. The attic door had been locked from the outside. When the fire department had broken down the door, the doll had been sitting in front of it. Daniel didn't say it out loud, not even to himself, but he knew that it had killed his mother. It had been trying to get him back home for years, and now it got its wish. Daniel was home, alone, with the doll, and for that brief moment, they had been best friends again. I don't know what you are, he said to the doll, and to be honest, I stopped caring a long time ago. I have wasted so many years of my life trying to figure out what made you this thing, and all I've gotten out of it were nightmares and fear. My mom is gone. It's just me and you now. What do you want? The doll continued to stare at him. He didn't move or speak. It just sat and stared at Daniel, and Daniel continued to stare back at it until he felt exhaustion close his eyelids. He woke up with a start, not knowing how long he had fallen asleep. 
Someone was banging on the walls. He could hear the sound reverberating off the walls around him. He sat up quickly and ran for the attic door, unaware of the fact that the porcelain boy was gone from where Daniel had left him. Daniel tried to open the door, but it wouldn't budge. He slammed his shoulder into the wood, but it didn't even splinter. With panic beginning to seep into his bones, he ran and tried for the attic window. He was two stories up, but by looking at the window, he thought he could still fit through it. And if he was able to climb down the trellis along the wall when he was a kid, he knew he could do it now as a much more coordinated adult. He pulled the window up with all the force he could muster, but it didn't budge either. He tried breaking the window, but the glass wouldn't break. In fact, it didn't look like actual glass at all. He tapped it and recognized it as bulletproof glass. When had his mother done that? Then he noticed the nails that were holding the window shut in place. He was trapped. There was no way out. Daniel was beginning to hyperventilate when he heard the sound of nails hitting the floor. He turned around to find the doll standing on his own, a hammer in one hand and rusty nails in the other, its face obscured in darkness. Everything except for his small porcelain eyes which shone with a gleam that Daniel couldn't explain. He wore a small sign around his neck that read, Welcome Home, in red crayon. A child's voice from within the darkness said, Now we can play forever. Daniel screamed, but nobody could hear him. Nobody would ever hear him. Now, dolls are a great thing. They quickly become your kid's best friends and everyone has at least one story of a doll that was their best friend during childhood. And there's definitely nothing wrong with having a doll as a friend. I mean, just collecting dolls, even if they're the right kind of dolls, I, they're worth a fortune. Does that mean though that you should let your guard down around these things? I think not. I personally think that you should always keep one eye open staring at these dolls because you honest to God never know. Now, if you have your own haunted doll story, I would love to hear it. Don't forget to email scarystoriesforthesoul2020 at gmail.com to send in your own scary, haunted, and or possessed doll stories. I want to hear all of them. I got a lot of my information off of the ever-wonderful Wikipedia, and there's also a really great article on Atlas Obscura by a man named Andy Wright, who actually studied Robert the Doll for many, many years. And don't forget that the East Martello Museum is available for visitors um, at the moment. Now, let's not forget what, guys, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I wouldn't suggest it. But what I would suggest is going on their website so that you can learn more about Robert the Doll and even see pictures of Robert the Doll and his walls littered with the many, many apologies of poor, sad people. This is Isabel Cortez signing off. And don't forget, leave those damn dolls alone. Bye.